Welcome to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast, the podcast for serious soccer players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their soccer careers. And now, here's your host, Matt Langoni. Thanks so much for joining us. We're excited to bring the second episode of our new podcast, where we discuss soccer at all different levels with some of the most interesting, accomplished, and influential personalities in the region. This podcast will always strive to be inspiring, insightful, and informative. We've got a great guest for you today, as I'll be joined via Zoom by Kurt Onalfo, who is the New England Revolution's technical director and is a household name for many people familiar with American professional soccer. Kurt was named technical director in June of 2019, bringing extensive MLS coaching experience to the club, including stints as head coach of the Kansas City Wizards, D.C. United, and L.A. Galaxy. He was an MLS Cup winner as both a player and a coach, capturing the title as a member of D.C. United in 1999 and later as an assistant coach for L.A. Galaxy in 2011, 2012, and 2014. With the Revs, in 2020, he spearheaded the launch of Revolution 2, the club's USL League One side. Kurt played for Revolution head coach and sporting director Bruce Arena at the University of Virginia and served as an assistant coach under Arena with the U.S. men's national team in L.A. Galaxy. We'll dive deeper into Kurt's current role with the Revolution, how his past experiences have allowed him to thrive in his position, and how his love for the sport formed as a child and developed through the years. Before we get to the interview, I'll quickly share the ways in which you can engage with the New England Soccer Journal platform. To check out all of the latest content from our staff at New England Soccer Journal, visit anysoccerjournal.com. Later this month, the January-February edition of New England Soccer Journal magazine will be off to the presses. Get that edition mailed to your home or office by clicking the subscribe tab at the top of anysoccerjournal.com. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Here's Kurt Onelfo, who is joining us via Zoom. Hey, Kurt, uh, thanks so much for taking the time to join our new podcast here. It's my pleasure. Happy to be on. Appreciate it. Much appreciated. I think we're going to have a great conversation today. Um, you know, obviously, we have a lot to talk about, particularly with your resume just being so extensive um, at the playing and coaching level. A lot of interesting stops along the way. But I think maybe the best jumping off point would be to maybe have you describe in your own words your role with the revolution right now. Um, what are kind of your main responsibilities and what's, what's like the typical day to day for you right now? Uh, you know, when you're in a technical director role, there, it can mean a lot of different things. You know, if you look around the league, it, it could be a, a scout. It could be you know, somebody that has general manager type responsibilities. Uh, basically, the way I look at my function and my job is to help uh, everybody be successful in the organization. That's uh, whatever I can do to help Bruce Arena with the first team. You know, he's the he's the sporting director uh, and also the head coach. There's a lot also to manage. There's a there's you know nine or ten departments that we have uh, through our organization. Um, so whatever I can do to help Bruce and the first team to be successful, we launched our second team. So I'm in in charge of that as well and oversee that program, um, and our entire pro pathway program, which is, which includes Academy as well. Uh, and, but then we have an administrative department, we have performance, we, uh, we have medical, um, and, uh, you know, we have analytics, we have video and all those things. So, just to, just whatever I can do to help our organization function at a high potential. Again, Bruce Arena is our 
sporting director and, and head coach. And uh, he has certain things that he expects all the way through the organization. Um, and, and that's my role is to help make sure that we've, we're, we're functioning in high potential all the way through. When you lay it out all on the table like that, it's it's a pretty busy day. I mean, <laughs> your workload is, is 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 like we said, pretty extensive. How how do you manage that time? How do you how do you decide what to prioritize on a day to day basis? I mean, is is it ever overwhelming with the amount of things that you're trying to oversee? Uh, no, we have uh, we have we're staffed very well. We have an excellent staff, uh, like I said, from the first team all the way through to our second team through our academy, and then in each department we have very capable. Uh, people that run the departments, um, the way Bruce does things. And, you know, I've worked for him forever is you, um, he expects people to do their jobs and to be uh, good at them. So we don't like to micromanage. So we hire good people, put them in their positions. And then in my role, uh, I have to really help people succeed and, and, you know, in terms of recruitment and things like that. So um, it's, it's never overwhelming. Uh, We have, you know, very good owners uh, that enable us and give us the resources to try to be successful. And we try to be really smart with those resources and we try to um, utilize them in, in a manner that, that, that makes sense so that we're, we're not wasting money and we're being efficient. You mentioned you've known Bruce for a long time and you've known him playing for him at the college level at Virginia. You've known him as a, as a colleague coaching with him uh, internationally and at the professional level. Um, you know, he's as close to soccer coaching royalty as you're going to find in this country. Everybody, it's a household name. Everyone knows Bruce. What's it like working with him? And how does your personality and his personality, how do they complement each other? Uh, well, it's, it's always, you know, like, like I said, I played for Bruce uh, when I was 17 years old. I'm now 52. So I've known him for a long time. Uh, we've worked together for a long period of time. Bruce and I have a, a unique way of working. We don't have to over communicate. Uh, he, he doesn't like to be bothered with things unless they're uh, extremely important. I have a really good sense of that. And uh, um, so, I, you know, I just go about my business, you know, the best I possibly can without, you know, getting in his way and just just uh, make sure that he's he's supported. Uh, he's he's supported. Well, he's um, he's a winner. And, you know, um you know, so that's, I think that always comes through. But the thing about what people don't know about Bruce Arena is he also has balance in his life. So he's very focused and he wants to do, um, be successful and be a winner and be a champion. But he also takes time to laugh um, and he takes time to, to get away from soccer. So when you're, when you're back doing your job, you're, you're fresh and you bring enthusiasm and, you know, those are the things that Bruce talks about all the time is that we have to we have to not only do quality work, we have to be um, really intelligent about how we do. We need to bring enthusiasm. We have to have enormous integrity every day when we come to work. Do you guys golf at all together with each other? I'm not a golfer. No, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder, I wonder what he's like yeah. on the course. I wonder if you could, could shed some light. He's, that. he's got a great sense of humor. Right. He, he's he, he really does. He's uh, not not everybody sees that. Um when you're on the outside, but he's got a, a very good sense of humor. Funny, funny. You, you spearheaded the launch of Revolution 2, which has obviously, you know, elevated the club's player development process and provided kind of a fully defined pathway throughout the franchise. How important has that system been for the franchise? And, you know, how valuable are pathways like that for American soccer? 
it, it's 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 huge. I mean, it's um, you know we've just it's it's we've just completed basically two years of having our second team, and that completed our pro uh, player pathway, and. We've have we have five players that we've already signed through that system in a short amount of time. Um, not you know going into our third season, I think that's really good. I, 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 it's a good chance we'll have at least one or two more that would be signed in the next you know uh, period of time. So that you know that could bring the number up to six or seven. So th- that's what we want to do. But we want to continually find ways to to make it better, enhance it, so that we always have a pipeline of players that can come through our system. So then if you're now adding, you know, designated players at, at a good rate and you're doing it intelligently, um, it just helps with the entire, the entire process. We, you know, we invest money in both our academy and our second team. And uh, while we're pleased that we're, we've been able to sign that many players and in a short amount of time, we want to, we want to make it better every day. And that's kind of my focus and how can we, um, how can we get an edge? How can we get better? How can we, um, you know, uh, recruit better? How can we coach the players better? How can we find ways to, um, you know, just to, just to produce more players that can play at the highest level? What is that recruiting process like? How, how do you guys go about finding talent and finding players who you think are, are the right fit for, for the academy and the system? There's a, there's a lot of, you know, obviously there's a big emphasis locally, making sure that we have good relationships with the clubs that are here in the area. And then obviously having eyes on, on those players. And, and then when we're selecting them, making sure that we, we pick the right ones locally. Um, we also have a national recruiting uh, process now that we are looking for youth national team caliber players that, uh, we can bring into our system. We have two residential houses in our uh, in our in our academy that uh, house players that can in, that either kids that can't get here regularly through uh, because of whatever reason, or players that are outside the area, and then we we want to give them the opportunity to be in our environment. And that's been huge. When we um, when I got here, they just opened one house, and now we have been able to, uh, to open a second. We have eleven players living in in those those. Um, two residencies and that that helps us so we have you know you combine the national stuff and then and then you look at the um the second team and you know like players for example that we draft that don't make the first team can get second team contracts and we we do national recruitment for that as well so we try to find those players that came out of college that we could add to the system where players are outside the system players that are you know, maybe from foreign countries. Uh, you know, we have a, a, a big Brazilian uh, population here in Boston. So we've, uh, you know, gone down to Brazil several times and created partnerships down there where we can add players to our second team that hopefully enhance our program that way as well. So we just try to be creative um, and and each each year look, on, look at what's gone well, how, um, you know, how can we improve it? Um, and you know, for, for me, that's a big part in preseason. When we look at the kids that come through the system and now they're, they're in preseason for the first time with the, with the first team, how do they adapt? Uh, how are they with the speed of play? How are they technically? And all those things, um, we look at closely and, and, you know, then we meet with the staff, both of the Academy and, and the, uh, um, the second team and, and, and talk about how, how we can make it better for the next year. And so that's, 
what we're trying to do is continually build on a foundation uh, um, and make that better from year to year. You mentioned Brazil, and that's obviously that country's a big part of your for formative years and, and, and your soccer history. I want to get to that as well, but just I, I know you speak fluent Spanish as well. Is that correct? I do, but I actually don't speak fluent Portuguese. So I was born in Brazil, <laughs> but I was only there two years. And my first words were, were Portuguese, but I, I, uh, I, I've made a commitment to myself that I will, uh, before I die, um, hopefully speak Portuguese. Um, but I, I speak fluent Spanish. Um, and, you know, because of that, you can understand a lot what's going on in the Portuguese language. Right. Um, but for, for me, it just makes a lot of sense for, from in the market that we're in to try to um, see if we can't um, find players from that region of the world that could help us both in the second team and eventually in the first team level. But then also we have, you know, we have Brazilian American players also in the community that um, I think it would be kind of cool if we could develop one of them into a player for the first team because it's just another way for that community to rally around um, that player, just as, you know, you know, you know, a young player like you know, Damon Rivera and Noel Buck that have been signed that are local, um, you know, the community can, can, you know, um, rally around them as well. One fact I, I really find fascinating is you were born in Brazil. Uh, I believe the date was November 19th, 1969, same date that Pele scored his 1000th goal. So, I mean, that's just some, some soccer magic right there. I mean, when you're in Brazil for a milestone goal like that from the most famous soccer player of all time, that has to create, um, <laughs> that has to create some, some love of the game right there. So just talk, sure. about, talk about those years. Um, you know, I know you were young, but, but being born in Brazil in those early years in Brazil. Yeah. So my parents are, were kind of like the typical American parents. So my, my dad, they have my mom's, you know, descent is from, from uh, Germany and Scottish and my dad's, you know, family, you know, his, his, his uh, grandparents came over from Italy. So, um, but they were, were, were American and really didn't know a lot about soccer. So when, when we uh, moved to Brazil and I was born on, on the day Pelé scored his 1,000 career goal, all my dad's friends in Brazil were like, oh my God, this is an omen. They gave me a soccer ball when I was born. <laughs> but then now it's 1969 and 1970, Brazil won the World Cup. And that, you know, was from my parents in a, like a, a period of time where they're like, oh, my God, look at this. I mean, look at a country going crazy over the sport of soccer. Uh, and so they fell in love with it. So when we came back to the U.S., my dad wanted to get both my brother and I involved with soccer. And we came to Richfield, Connecticut. They didn't have a program. And my dad founded it with two other gentlemen and uh, built the soccer club of Richfield. And actually, there's a, a field named after our family. Everybody thinks it's named after me and my brother, who were, were high-level soccer players. But it's actually after my dad, who founded the soccer club. So it's kind of a cool thing, and it kind of shaped uh, me. I, I've always had a one-track mind. It's been all about soccer, and I've been able to make a living in it. I feel very fortunate uh, to, to have been able to do that. And I um, just want to continue along that path. I know you were young at the time, but were you sad to leave Brazil at the, when you left? Do you remember it at all? Or? I don't. I don't because I was I was too young to remember. Yeah. Um, but just have always uh, enjoyed going back and and uh, love the culture, love the people, love just everything about it. 
obviously you have some serious New England roots with with you know growing up in Ridgefield and you, you played at the high school in Ridgefield, right? At the at Ridgefield yeah. High School, and then yeah. um, kind of saw your your talent and your game progress um, through those years. What do you remember about the youth soccer landscape when you were growing up in Connecticut? Um, obviously far different than it is right now, I would think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, is, you know, I played in the U-20 World Cup um, in 1989, and there was actually three players from the state of Connecticut that made that team. Lyle Yorks, who's actually a, a you know, top agent uh, now in MLS, uh, and Tim Horton. So, like, we, we actually uh, were producing some players at that particular time for whatever reason. Um, it was just, you know, we had a, the reason why, you know, for me, I had a Portuguese coach, uh, that, you know, just always gave us opportunities. We played every single day. Uh, we played year round. We played futsal. We didn't call it futsal, but we played futsal. Uh, you know, we played in, you know, in a basketball court. We didn't, we didn't kick it off the walls for like five months of the year. So that helped with our skill development and that kind of stuff. So, we found a way, you know, um, and uh, it was just it was just different how it worked back then. You know, uh, there was back then it was the ODP system, Olympic development system. I went through that and was able to play in the Olympics in 1992. Um, but, there, you know, you didn't have the academies and the setups that, that everybody has now and the, and the pro, pro player pathway that we see now in the United States. Um, you were a defender. You went on to Virginia. Um, wh- what do you recall most about those college days? And, and we've talked about Bruce a little bit, but what was he like to play for in those years? He was incredible. I mean, what I remember, honestly, like my, I, was a, I was a very good player, but when I went to UVA, it became a really a, a much better player, improved dramatically. And that was because of the environment that, uh, that performed top level professional environment that Bruce had created. And there was a reason why uh, we won so many championships. I was part of one, but Bruce was part of five at the college level. Uh, And it was just that it was done in a professional, it was like being part of a professional organization. So, uh, and it was just high caliber of athletes, um, high level of concentration, creating that winning environment, just the same things that he's, he's been able to do his whole career. Um, and that was instrumental and a really important part of, of my development uh, as, as a player and a person. New England's soccer journals, The Goal, will return after this. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England soccer? New England Soccer Journal and NESoccerJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England soccer scene. Have every issue of New England Soccer Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day 
with a digital subscription to AnySoccerJournal.com to receive soccer coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, Division I, II, and three colleges, showcases, rankings, and so much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to AnySoccerJournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Soccer Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. You were selected in the in the inaugural MLS draft by the Galaxy in 96, but that was after um, you were diagnosed with stage 3 Hodgkin's disease at the age of 24. And you were able to come back from that, not only survive it, but come back and resume a playing career. But when you rewind back to that, that diagnosis and that time of your life, what, what, what went through your head? What was kind of the, the mentality you had? So it was obviously a major adversity. And it's funny as you get older, you look back on those things differently because um, you have more time to reflect. But my first attitude believe it or not and i'm mr positive my first i was it was bleak i was actually scared i had just you know i was 24 i was diagnosed on my 24th birthday i had lived a great life i played in the olympics i traveled the world and i was like wow is this it and then i kind of got angry at myself for thinking that way and it was all about just getting the game face on and i had a great support system uh, with my family and we uh you know my mom was really into nutrition and she helped nurse me back to health and um you know i had advanced cancer and, and fortunately i was able to get through it and i'm still here for it so um but it, it definitely um made me think differently about life uh, i was always a very focused person that was always trying to achieve my goals and i didn't necessarily kind of stop to smell the roses and see what's around um and i think that was something i took from that piece of adversity I've dealt with actually a lot in my life. <laughs> um, but in that particular age, um, that was the biggest thing was I was going to make sure that I enjoyed life. And actually the funny thing is the one thing I didn't say about that is I was actually, I wanted to be a chiropractor at the time. So I, I had been taking all the pre-med courses at, uh, at UVA, but I didn't finish when I was taking organic chemistry when I was diagnosed with cancer and I was like, I remember once I got, got diagnosed, I'm like, when I get healthy from this, I'm, I'm not going to be a chiropractor. I'm like, <laughs> always soccer. I'm going to do, do what I love every single, every single day and, and focus on that. And that's kind of what I did. So, um, so it, that was probably a, a very, very much a defining moment in my life. So, so in a weird way, that, that diagnosis kind of reinvigorated a soccer career for you. Yes. Yes. I remember having the conversation with my dad. I go, dad, I, I don't want to be a chiropractor. I, I, I don't know. I, I, thought, I thought I did, but I'm telling you, I'm getting through this and I'm going to go back, play professional soccer. I'm going to play as long as I can. And then I'm, I'm staying in the game. And that's, that's what I've done. That's such a, a perspective shifting moment though, uh, to be a 24 yeah. year old who's, you know, an elite, an elite soccer player. Uh, played at an AC, an elite ACC program to have that diagnosis. I mean, there you, you almost have to think things. I mean, it, it is bleak, right? Because it's just such a, a rude awakening for where you thought you were in life. Totally. I mean, you, you, um, 
you think you're invincible when you're younger, right? And then all of a sudden something like this comes along and you're like, oh my God, you know? So, um, but again, it was, it was uh, quickly, you know, after that initial shock, it was like, all right, let's get our game faces on. Let's fight it. Let's, let's look at the positive. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of what we did as a family. And then like, like I mentioned, you came back and you were part of that inaugural draft uh, for the MLS in 96, that, that first draft class. Did you know then the staying power that this league would have? I mean, what, what, what was everyone's thoughts back in 96 when that league started? I think we all felt that it, we had a great chance and it was going to be really successful. Probably as it went along, I thought it would, you know, back then maybe we thought it would happen a little quicker uh, than it has. Uh, but, you know, just like anything, there's been ups and downs. And I think we've learned from all those things. And, you know, I think we're positioned great as a, as a nation uh, with soccer. It's actually, it's really exciting. Yeah, I mean, the, the league has grown just in my life, you know, since, since I become, I, I graduated high school in, in 2000 to date myself. And, you know, I, I remember watching the MLS um, as a high school kid and just thinking, I hope this, you know, I hope this thing catches on because it's, it's unbelievable to have a sustainable league in our country and i i think with the expansion you've seen and the and the the tv rights that the league has gotten it's it's really shown that promise and continues to show promise yeah i mean it's you know when i played for the galaxy we trained in the parking lot of of the rose bowl <laughs> it was grass right wow. i mean it was grass we just that's where we train and look at us now i mean i mean a 35 million dollar training facility so it's come so far um it's 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 really awesome and you know the the we have there's great owners not only the crafts you know and they're they're unbelievable for us but if you just look around the league there's just we have really good owners and um it just it keeps getting better and you know the level of play gets harder every year the quality gets better every year and you know now we're you know starting to sell players overseas and um you know it's it's exciting it's really exciting to see where it's going. I, I was going to mention that, obviously, with, with Matt Turner, with the um, the transfer of him going to Arsenal, now now official. Um, the Revs are really a player in the international transfer market right now, and I think that's going to be – I take that as a, a positive sign, right, for the franchise in the league that the relevance has, has gone up to that point. Yeah, I mean, it just it, it, uh, like, you know, it just it just shows you where the league is going, and, and then, you know, with that, you have to evolve. So if you're – um, you know, if you're a league that now is selling more and more players, then you got to make sure you re- replace those players and continually have uh, ways to be successful. And um, so I, I think in the long run, that's a good thing. It's a revenue stream for the club. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's definitely trending up for sure. Did you always know that you wanted to be a coach? You know, did, did you always think that when your playing days ended, that that would be the avenue that you would go down? I kind of, you know, I, I, I thought about it a lot. Uh, I always coached, you know, while I was playing, um, doing stuff on the side, that type of thing. So, yeah, I think it was, for me, it was a natural fit again with the cancer kind of at 24, it really made me think about it more. So as my career, uh, um, waned down, I, to me, it seemed like a real natural fit for me as soon as I, I, cause you know, what, the reality is when I had cancer and went through chemo, I never was the same player I was prior to that. I just I, I never was able to make it back to, uh, 
my fullest potential. So it did make me think more about coaching. And actually, once I started doing that, things really came together for me in my life. And, uh, you know, those were those were a lot of fun years. Personality wise, did you just always feel like that was in you to develop players? I mean, was that something that you always uh, loved to do, just having conversations and just trying to improve players? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's, you know, um, I do, I do think for me, the probably the most enjoyable period of time for me coaching was when I coached uh, Galaxy 2. It was a three year period and we, um, we were very successful on the field. We won a lot of games uh, and we developed a lot of players and it was a lot of fun. And what I loved about it is you were um, teaching young men uh, how to be successful and giving them all the tools to be successful. In some cases, hopefully making really good money doing it. So uh, it, it's something that I, I really liked. It's, it's uh, obviously a big part of what I do here uh, with the revolution is, is that is, is, help bring along these younger players. And it's something I'm very passionate about. And, and I think it, it can be a lifeline of a club. It can be a really important aspect of a club. It's not the only part of a club. There's a lot of things you have to do well, um, but certainly uh, very rewarding. Speaking of rewarding, you've had stops in LA, Kansas city, DC, um, new England, of course, which is your home region. How satisfying and rewarding is that to be developing players for the region that you grew up in it's definitely really cool you know you know the area where you've, you've grown up there's a lot of those those memories when you were younger and the things that you went through as a player then that you can relate to now when players are going through the same thing here when you look back at, at your career and obviously there's a, a lot of career left but when you look back what are what are kind of the the most special moments that, that you really think of that you gravitate towards that that really come to your mind first um, well, certainly as a, as a player was competing in the U20 uh, World Cup and coming in fourth, competing in the Olympics, uh, playing professionally in, in Mexico uh, and in the United States, um, you know, winning one championship with DC United as a player, as a coach, um, you know, the my time in Kansas city as a head coach, uh, in the first two years were, were a really cool period of time in my life that I, I really, I really cherished. Um, and then obviously winning the championship championships with Bruce and the galaxy and helping do that, uh, was, was something that was a, a really cool thing, uh, for me, but in all those things, I, I feel like that the things that, I, define me the most were actually the, the difficult moments and, and dealing with adversity and how you kind of pick yourself up, uh, wipe yourself off and strive for hopefully something even bigger. Uh, those are the things I'm actually most proud of because uh, I've, I've uh, had a lot of successes, but I've dealt with a lot of adversity and each one of those times I've been able to find a way to, get back on my feet and, and, and hit a little bit of a higher level. And that's, um, that's what I, that's what I actually take the most pride in. I would think, you know, based on your history, you really have an ability to motivate players based on stuff that you've gone through is, um, motivational and just, um, the manner in which you talk to the players. Is that one of the biggest strengths, uh, for you in terms of how you, you coach and operate? Yeah. So, I mean, 
you know, obviously with, um, you know, with the first team, it's a very supportive role. So it's like Bruce is running the, the team and I'm just, I'm, I have a lot of experience. So I'm able to watch and see what's happening. Uh, and then the times I do interact with the players. Yeah, for sure. There's, I have a perspective, I think that can be helpful. And I have a way of, I think saying things that um, come across in a, in a pretty good way at the developmental part. Absolutely. I, it's very motivational for me, but they're mo- they're all, they don't need help with motivation because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're just young and don't know anything better. Right. They just, they know, they know what they want. Right. So, but it, it, it invigorates you. It gives you, it gives you a uh, balance in your step. It gives you, um, it makes it easy when you come into work early and then you leave work really late when you have those moments. So uh, those are certainly um, things that, uh, you know, I, I really enjoy. What was it like to have a front row seat for last year's MLS season to be, you know, have an inside look at that record breaking season for the revs and win the first supporters shield and, just the excitement around the franchise. What was that like to go through throughout that process? It, it was, it was great to be part of, uh, you know, again, I'll, I'll um, refer to Bruce, you know, I've been around Bruce for a long time and was with him uh, with three championships in LA and saw how he leads and how he does things. And, Last year, there was uh, vintage Bruce Arena coaching. Uh, really, um, you know, just at the top of his game, you know, and 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 that to me was probably the most rewarding because, you know, uh, when you you know you work for somebody for that long and you have that type of relationship, and. Um, even for him, he's he's dealt with some adversity as well, and for him to be able to kind of put that together and then just seeing all those things, that I I really enjoyed. And then I think you know you think about for the entire group and for the fans, it was really it was really cool to see. And uh, you know um, it was a unique season, and you know hopefully we can continue uh, to produce those type of things for this organization. Yeah, how do you? How do you create non core from that? I mean, how do you? Obviously, the goal is to build. I mean, the ultimate goal is a championship. Obviously, um, it, we have the you know the the rebranding of the franchise with the new logo and everything, and it seems like momentum is is very strong. How do you build off that this year? Is that um, is that hard to do to build off that momentum? Well, I think again, that's something that Bruce is really good at. You know, he's it's not going to you know just come out and say, we're going to do this, this, and that you're just going to focus on every day and just trying to be the best you can and just keep, you know, building on that. So I feel like the, the way to be successful is just got to be, you got to be just trying to get a little bit better every day and strive for excellence on a daily basis. And hopefully in the end, um, we can all come together with what we all want. Does it feel like you never have an off season? I mean, do you ever get any downtime with this role? Um, you know, it's there, I think which just with COVID and everything else and how everything started so late, um, that it made it this year, it was a very, very quick turnaround. Um, I think next year will be a little bit different, but these are, you know, that's just the way MLS is. You have these long 
seasons. So you just, and then, you know, when the season's over, you got to be building your roster and doing all these other things to turn, to turn the thing around. So it becomes, becomes very time consuming, but listen, it could be a lot worse, right? It could be doing something you don't love to do. (laughs) Do you still love the game as much as you ever have? Yeah, absolutely. Never the passion and the, 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 that drive never changes. Never. And, 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 uh, and never take it for granted. How much do you, I mean, you mentioned, um, the Brazilian influence in New England. Do you still get back there much uh, now? I mean, do you travel back to Brazil still frequently or no? I don't have family or anything like that yeah, there, but the, there. the times that we go back are, are related to, um, you know, creating partnerships that can help our organization as we move forward. Right. Right. So I have, I have been, I have been back down there three times since three I've, times. Uh, three wow. times since I've uh, been hired here. Wow. Kurt, I, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time today. This is great. And um, obviously you have, you have a great story to tell and um, hopefully our listeners really enjoyed it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, take care. Thanks to Kurt Onalfo for joining the podcast. It was a pleasure to hear about his wealth of experience in the game and his current role with the New England Revolution. To keep up with all things New England soccer, visit anysoccerjournal.com. We update the site with new stories daily. Click the subscribe tab to get the newest magazine edition mailed to your home or office. And follow us on Twitter at anysoccerjournal. Thanks again for listening. The New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast is a Siemens Media production. You've been listening to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. Or visit anysoccerjournal.com forward slash podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful.